Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our Sunday morning services begin at 9 and 11 o'clock. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Okay, so what I'm going to do here tonight, very short message. I'm going to take off a little bit on what Blackie said. I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want first? Everybody wants the bad news. That's good because that's the way I got it in my, in my notes. This, I want to start this evening by asking you a question. Do you think you're a good person? Do you think you're a good person? Now, to be honest with you, some of you may say no because you really think that's what you're supposed to say. Even have to ask the question. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, if I had time, we could go around and, and uh, you know, do like they do on YouTube and ask people, do you think you're a good person? But the fact is, we already know the answer. It's very rare, very rare to find a human being that doesn't think they're a good person. You see, the fact is, human beings, we are born with a proud heart. Have you ever noticed something that most people just simply assume that they're kinder than other people. We assume that we're really a little wiser than other people or, or, or we're more wholesome than other people. Now, it's not that we think we're perfect. Everybody knows we're not perfect. Everybody uh, makes mistakes. We say that all the time. But here's the thing. Have you ever noticed that when, you're, you're, uh, when you do make mistakes, you're much quicker to cut yourself slack than you do other people? You ever notice that? If, if uh, for example, when um, if somebody uh, if you make a mistake, you're very quick to forgive yourself. You know, you're much slower to forgive somebody else. You're much quicker to make excuses for yourself when you make a mistake. Well, it was a bad day. I wasn't feeling good. Uh, uh, you know, I just I, I, my emotions got the bet. We 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 kind of cut ourselves slack. But if somebody does something to us, we act like they've been planning it for ten years, right? It's just this innate ability in us to just see ourselves as better than we really are. Now, if we can accept that as the truth, then I'll ask that question again. Do you think you're a good person? See, the problem is if we're really honest, really honest, we can't really answer that question because we're not objective. We, we, we can't see ourselves realistically. Have you ever met a mom who just, you know, her kid is like the worst kid you've ever seen, but she can't see it, right? We've seen that, right? I've seen some of that stuff on, the, on, the, on social distancing now with, uh, with school, and these parents are thinking, man, these teachers were right all along. I didn't know that, right? Um, but the fact is we, we see ourselves through rose-colored glasses, and we just we can't be objective. So even when we ask the question, I can't really answer it. So how do we answer that question, whether or not you are a good person? Well, there's only one place we can go, of course, and that is to the Word of God. That's to go to the Bible, because the Bible always tells us the truth. And when we open the Word of God to see whether we're good people, the Bible answers that, uh, that question very, very clearly. And, and unfortunately, we probably won't like what it says. I'll give you one example, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. It says this, and it's talking about just normal people, just people, not Christian. It's just talking about just natural born people, how we are. It says this, and you were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, let me stop right there. 
Let me explain something about the Bible. When the Bible uses the word dead, it never means go out of existence. It never means that. For example, when we physically die, we don't go out of existence, right? Our spirit separates from our body. That's what the Bible means when it talks about dead. It doesn't mean cessation of existence or going out of existence. It means separation, just like our bodies separated from our spirit. That's what the Bible always means when it talks about death is separation. So what it's saying is here is you were dead in your sins. You were separated in your sins. Well, separated from what? Separated from God. You see, the fact is we were completely separated from him as, as when we're born into this world. We have no spiritual life. I hear, I saw someone the other day saying they were a spiritual person. No, they're not. They don't know Jesus. They got no spiritual life in them at all. They are spiritually dead. So if we have no spiritual life, what kind of life did we have? Well, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 tells us. We were following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That ain't a very good description. You're, you see what it said? You were a follower of Satan. You were a follower of Satan, of the prince of the power of the air. You were a son of disobedience or a daughter of disobedience. That means you were in complete rebellion against the God that created you. We are under his wrath. Romans 3, 10 through 11 says this, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. That is an incredible verse because it says there's none righteous. And at the end, it says there's none who seeks after God. See, Paul says being good, being righteous has everything to do with God has nothing to do with whether you pay your taxes or... That's not how the Bible looks at it. It looks at your relationship to God. So I ask that question again. With all that said, do you think you're a good person? Now, see, here's the funny thing. I can sit there and I can pour scriptures at you and, and, and all of this, but most people, even with all that, really down deep in their heart, think, I'm a good person. So let me take a, a different approach, if you will. In Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 20, it tells a story. Jesus is, is going on a journey and he's getting ready to go. And, and before he can leave, this young man comes up to him and he says this. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And this, this is what that man said to him, verse 20. And he said to him, teacher, I've done all those things since I was a boy. Now, this is really incredible. Jesus had just said, only God is good. He's the only one that's good. And that guy says, no, no, I'm good too. See, I kept all these. I'm good. I'm good like God. It's incredible what, what we think of ourselves. And this is what Jesus said in, in, uh, after that. He said, uh, now, by the way, Jesus could have probably went to each one of those and says, you know what, you, you really think you honor your father and mother? You, he could have probably went to each one of those commandments and called him on it, but he didn't. He just raises the bar. Jesus said this, okay, if you really think you're good like God, if you really think you're perfect like God, 
then go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And the Bible says that man went away disappointed because he was very rich. What's Jesus' point? You're not good like God. You're not good like God. See, God is the standard that we're going to be judged against. He's the only standard. You're not going to stand there on judgment saying, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. It won't mean anything. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? That's the only question that's going to matter. Now, with all that said, do you think you're a good person? That gave me an idea reading that story. And I thought we'd conduct a little experiment. I, I want to look at a few commands in the law. A few commands in the Bible that the Bible tells us to do. And you, you don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. But I want you to be honest and answer these questions. Number one, have you always honored your parents? You never lied to them? You never talked behind their back? You never talked behind their back? Never wish they'd just leave you alone and, and, and go somewhere else? How about this one? Have you ever stolen anything? Anything? I have. How about this one? Have you ever told a lie? Can you count how many lies you've probably told? in your life. White lies, big lies, whatever you want to call them. How about this? Have you ever wanted something that somebody else had? That's called covetousness. That's one of the things that's listed in the Ten Commandments. How about this? Have you ever been angry when someone so angry that you called them a name? Jesus said, if you do that, you're in danger of hellfire. He said that in Matthew chapter 5. How about this one? Have you ever promised God you'd do something and then broke your promise. Have you ever promised God, I, I'll just, I'll, if you do this, I'll do that. And then you just went and completely broke your promise. How about the, 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 the two greatest commands of them all? Do you love, have you ever loved your neighbor in the same way you love yourself? Do y'all remember a few years ago? I don't know how many of y'all might have been here. I taught on the, uh, I preached on the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows that parable, right? Great parable. The whole point of that parable is you never love your neighbor as you love yourself. And one of the examples that I used on that day was, let's say, for example, you're driving down the road and there's somebody broke down. Probably what we would do at the very best is we would pull over and maybe let them use our cell phone. Maybe we pull over and, and let that person, maybe we wait with them till the tow truck comes. But let me ask you a question. Did you, pay, did you pay for the tow truck when it got there? Did you pay their repair bill? Did you buy them a rental or pay for a rental car while their car was being fixed? See, those are all things you do for yourself. Have you ever done that for your neighbor? See, the whole point of the parable of the Good Samaritan is you do not love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, you can't do it. Or how about this last one? Do you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind? In fact, have you ever done that for one minute? Loved him with everything that's inside of you? Have you never loved him and never held just a little bit back? You see, the fact is, guys, that's eight commandments. And my guess is we've broken every one of them. And if we stand before God on judgment day... 
And we're judged by whether or not we keep the commandments. Are we going to be guilty or are we going to be innocent? So I ask you that question again. Do you think you're a good person? See, guys, according to the Bible, the answer is clearly no. See, Jesus said it to the rich young man. Only God is good. Only God is good. I heard this the other day. The Bible's like a mirror. And we open that Bible and we read these commands. Honor your father and mother. Don't lie. Don't steal. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your... And, 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 and if we really are honest, we read it and our reaction is, how can I do this? I can never do that. I can never do any of them perfectly and completely. You see, we all fail. We all come up short. That's why Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, because God is the standard that we're judged by. So here's the question. If we fail, if we mess up, if we cannot keep His commands, if we cannot keep the law, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to get back in good standing with God? See, pride says, I can do it. Give me another chance. Just give me one more chance. I, I, I know I can do this thing. I, I'll work harder. I'll discipline myself more. I, I'll beat my body. I, I'll, I can do it. See, that's what pride says. Despair says, I give up. I just give up with this religion thing. I give up with this Jesus thing. I, I just can't do it. See, the gospel says, I'll do it for you. The gospel says, I'll do it for you. See, this is the good news. That was the bad news. Now's the good news. What you could not do for yourself, Jesus Christ did for you. What you could not do for yourself, Jesus Christ did for you. You could not be good, so Jesus was good for you. You could not live a sinless, perfect life. So Jesus Christ came here in the form of a man and he lived a perfect, sinless life and he did that in your place, in your stead. And then he went to a cross and he hung on that cross and he bled and he died. And he bore your sins on his shoulders. He bore the wrath that was intended for you and was intended for me. He took that on himself. Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says this, And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. And this He set aside, nailing it to the cross. All the times you broke those commandments, all the lies, all the stealing, all the dishonoring, all the things I haven't even come up to yet the Bible says he took them and he nailed them to the cross he nailed them to the cross he did for you what you could not do for yourself let me tell you religious people all over this world Muslims Jews Catholics Mormons and a whole lot of Protestants are working as hard as they can to get to heaven just working as hard as they can to get to heaven. See, that's what religion is. Religion is all about do, do, do. The gospel is all about done. Religion is about do. The gospel is about done. 
Religion says you got to do more. You got to do it harder. You got to try harder. That cross says, I've already done it for you. I've already done it for you. You don't have to, to do that. See, listen to this. The gospel isn't what would Jesus do. Now go do that. The gospel is what has Jesus done. Now believe in that. That's the good news. Guys, listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I said this in another sermon, you've already got an A. You've already got an A. You already passed because he took the test for you. He took the test for you. I, also, I used this a long time ago. I thought it would use it again. When my boys were smaller, I say smaller, they're in their 20s and 30s now, but when they were driving, um, I gave them my credit card. And they would go to the gas station, and we all know how this works. You go to the gas station and you put in your credit card. Now, they had no credit. They had no money, right? But they would take my credit card and they would put their credit card in that machine and pull it out. And that credit card would say, oh, that's Derek Gray. He's got money in his bank account. And he, it would give him gas. Are you with me? Let me tell you, one day I'll stand before God the Father. And I'll say, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. He, what he did, he's credited to me. Just like my credit is applied to my children, what Jesus did is credited to me. If you're a believer here tonight, if you're a Christian, you might be thinking, why are we talking about the gospel? I, 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 why are we talking about this? Listen, you never outgrow the need to hear the gospel. Never. You never outgrow the need. In fact, I would tell you, get up every day and preach the gospel to yourself. I've been saved 46 years since I was 11 years old. And I can tell you, the times I most feel saved is when I have completely failed. And I turn to Jesus and say, God, I still can't do it. I need a Savior. It's when I fail that when I know I, that, I mean, I need a Savior. Thank you, God, for doing it for me. I don't have to, to perform. Now listen, that doesn't mean I don't want to. I want to glorify Him and I want to honor Him and I want to live the very best life that I can. But I know I don't have to. I know that, that if I fail, and I will fail, He's already lived that life for me. So we need the gospel even as Christians. And I, something was brought to my attention this week. Do you understand the gospel? Can you explain the gospel to somebody else? Do you understand the gospel isn't about work, work, work? It's about believe, believe, believe. Can you explain that to a coworker? Can you explain that to someone at school? Can you explain that to, uh, to a lost friend? I want to encourage you tonight. Understand the gospel. Spend some time studying. Spend some time thinking it through. Think, what would I say to someone if I had to explain to them the gospel? And then I'm going to ask you to do something else. Begin to pray that God will give you an opportunity to do that very thing. Listen, let's don't assume there are people in churches all over America that have no clue what the gospel really is. No clue. There, we, we are preaching sermons. You got to be better. You got to try harder. We're, we're preaching sermons, uh, 10 tips to be sexually pure, things like that. And we're not preaching the gospel to people. And people need to understand the gospel. We need to understand the gospel. 
Let me say this final thing. I don't know in, a, in you know, how many people are here tonight and how many people are saved and how many aren't saved. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, and this is, there's something about this sermon that's ringing true because you feel like all the time you're just, you're just on this, like on them mouse, those mice on a wheel. You're just, you're just going around in circles, trying, 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 trying. But you always feel like you're walking on eggshells. You always feel like you're just not good enough. Can I tell you, just put your faith, stop, stop trying and start trusting. Stop trying and just start trusting. Let me tell you, it's our job to trust. It's his job to come in through the Holy Spirit and, and make us born again. Recreate us. Put a new heart inside of us. That's what he does. We can't do that. Trust him. Let him do that today. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you. I thank you so much, God. For this week, bringing back to my remembrance what this is all about. And it ain't about me. It ain't about a good life or a best life. It's about you and what you did for us. And God, I know when I think about the gospel and I think about what you did for me and what you did for all of us, Lord, my worship goes higher. My adoration for you goes higher. My love for you grows stronger. God, help us every single day to think about the gospel. Help us every single day to, to understand the gospel. And God, give us opportunities, if you will, to share the gospel with those around us. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much, Jesus, for what you did. I thank you. You didn't have to do that. I was not worthy by any stretch of the imagination. But you died for me and you died for so many others as well. And I thank you, Lord, for what you did. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for bringing us back together, even though it's a little bit different. Lord, what a what a privilege it is to stand and hear the word of God preached. What a privilege it is. God, help us never to take that for granted. We honor you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen.